Hi, welcome to the Covenant Presbyterian Church podcast, a weekly broadcast of our Sunday sermon. Covenant Presbyterian Church is an open, affirming congregation, and we're so glad you found us. Our primary mission is to equip God's people to serve Christ in the world. In our weekly messages, we hope that you'll find inspiration, encouragement, and even challenge for your faith journey. Please listen with us now. So our theme for this Advent season is There is Always Light. And this theme puts us in good company because the most well-known symbol of the winter holidays in many faith traditions is light. So whether you are Christian, Jewish, Muslim, Buddhist, light holds profound significance particularly during the darkening days of winter. As the days grow shorter, the presence of light becomes this powerful metaphor of hope, of renewal, of joy. So among the holidays of lights, you may be familiar with the festival of Hanukkah in Judaism, This is the festival that commemorates the miracle of the oil lamp in the ancient temple. It was supposed to last for just one day, but it burned for seven more, eight more, so that there are nine candles on the Hanukkah candelabrum. Hanukkah reminds Jews of the power of faith and the importance of kindling the light within oneself and for the world. There's also a joyous celebration for Muslims that marks the end of Ramadan, which can fall in the winter months. And during this celebration, you share meals, exchange gifts, charity and acts of kindness are emphasized, and homes and streets are decorated with shining lights. New clothes are worn. It's a holiday that is a time of gratitude and renewal of community, and light is a part of it. And perhaps you're familiar with the Hindu festival of Diwali, which is also known as the Festival of Lights. This holiday holds great significance as the victory of good over evil, of light over darkness, of knowledge over ignorance. And so homes and streets are filled with oil lamps, and it signifies that there's an inner light of the soul that triumphs, that righteousness wins. It encourages devotees to dispel ignorance and to seek spiritual enlightenment. Now, you are probably most familiar with Christianity, and this is an important season for light for Christians. The symbol of light is central to the celebration of Christmas. In fact, the birth of Jesus is talked about as the light coming into the world. And there's the star that guided the wise men that shone brightly over the stable in Bethlehem, pointing to a revelation of God's presence on earth. And then, of course, in the Christmas season, we see all kinds of decorative lights springing up in homes, sometimes colored sometimes white, but they symbolize this triumph of light. Darkness is gone, and believers hope in the joy 
that is coming at Christmas. But maybe you noticed that the passages we read this morning for Advent, light sounds a little different, doesn't it? Light shows up a little differently in Advent. As practicing Christians, we know that the four weeks of getting ready for Christmas look a lot different than the four months of getting ready for Christmas look in the commercial world. For Christians, that four weeks of Advent remind us that God is surprising. This season of preparation, it turns out, it's not about focusing yet on the baby in the manger or the shepherds at the scene, and it's not yet focusing on the light that is guiding and brings comfort and peace and joy. Not yet. Advent tells us images of God in our life are surprising, and light looks a little different here. Mark's gospel that Jan read for us, listen for the light. But in those days, after that suffering, the sun will be darkened, and the moon will not give its light, and the stars will be falling from heaven, and the powers in the heavens will be shaken. That's something else. The prophet Isaiah that I read says this, Oh, that you would tear open the heavens and come down. And the light is when fire kindles brushwood and the fire causes water to boil. In these Advent apocalyptic passages, light is disruptive, falling from the sky and causing basic elements to change their form. In Advent, even the comfort of a candle in the gathering gloom, it's transformed. Even light is full of surprise. Even God is born on earth. The passage from Isaiah today is a good example of Advent surprises because we see in this passage from the Old Testament that the people had to stay open to God's surprising revelation. So the prophet tells us that the people, they weren't really happy with the way God was showing up for them in their world. The people at this time in Isaiah, in their collective history, they had been just pounded by foreign powers. They were exiled, and only now they were venturing hesitatingly to return, and they find a place that is nothing like they left. Jeff Nelson, a theologian and a UCC minister, says this, once upon a time, for their ancestors, God caused mountains to quake and nations to tremble. So they try to express their yearning for God's help by remembering those signs and wonders of God in the past, and they recite these mighty acts of power to encourage God to jump in and display that sort of dominance again. Maybe we can relate, he asks us. 
Maybe we are in a season of wishing God was more obvious, more decisive. And yet, Reverend Nelson reminds us that by the end of the passage, there is a new image, a surprising image of God that takes over, that's different from the cries of the powerful God where the passage begins. But this image is of God who is a potter. They were hoping for God to act obviously for them with powerful earthquakes, decisive victories, and roaring flames. But by the end of the passage, the people find themselves in a much more sensitive and slow-going situation where light from a fire comes in the end as a cure. We are the clay, they say, and you are our potter, and we are the work of your hand. Advent is a season that invites us to be surprised, surprised by the signs from God. God can act as a potter with subtle and responsive touch or as a warrior with powerful and decisive claims. God can be a creator in control and God can be a baby who is vulnerable and needs a home. God can be a dying criminal on a cross, and God can be our Savior rising from the grave. And for Christians, tis the season to be reminded of all these things. A light shines in so many ways. When I was a senior in college, uh, I worked at the Outdoor Recreation Center. And one of the things that we did was we led groups of incoming first years to outdoor orientation. So it was a short backpacking trip. We had a couple counselors per group, and it was a way for them to get to know each other before they began their college careers. I was excited to be a part of this. I have to say, though, that I wasn't the most outdoorsy of the group. I came by it kind of by default because I grew up in the mountains and my family camped all the time. But I was fresh out of a summer at a camp where I served as the rustic ranger in western North Carolina. Now, one day I can tell you all about that, but for today, what I want you to know is that it meant I spent over three months and change living without electricity. There was running water. So when the time came in this outdoor orientation for us to light our Coleman lanterns in the backcountry of Shenandoah National Park, I was ready to go. And I was ready for it to not go over well. If any of you have familiarity with these Colbin kerosene lanterns, you know that the way to get them to shine is a little peculiar. The lanterns are great. They produce amazing light. But first, you have to make the wicks, the mantles they're called, go up in flames. So the mantles, they start out as silk 
fabric kind of socks. And that's how you carry them on your trip because when you're ready to use them, you ignite the silk. It's full of oxides and it burns away and it leaves behind this very brittle ceramic shell. And that conducts the light. So I knew this procedure intimately. So when we made it to the campsite, I struck the match to watch them burn. And sure enough, my co-counselor yelled out, stop, I don't think you're supposed to do it that way. You're burning them up. Well, it was too late to stop anything. So we just watched as the mantles went up in flames. And while I was confident, I admit I was somewhat less confident after he was screaming at me, so uh, we got a little nervous there. We were far from the trail, far in the back country, so there would be no running back to the outdoor rec center to pick up more supplies. These were the only lanterns for the group, and this communal light was really necessary for the nature of this group bonding, which was the whole point of this gathering. Flashlights were really not going to cut it. But as the flame died down, the silk was transformed, and the ceramic cocoon appeared. And we lit the kerosene, and a bright light shined in the darkness. And it took away our discomfort, our potential despair. Light shines in many ways. So as we prepare for the birth of Christ this season, as we are in these Advent weeks, may we open our hearts and minds, may we open our souls to the unexpected, the surprising signs of Advent. Let us Remember that God has and will show up for us in this world so that even in the midst of the challenges and the uncertainties, and there are many, even when it is easy to become overwhelmed by the shadows that surround us, may we remember that there is always light as surprising as that is. Thanks be to God. Alleluia. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Covenant Presbyterian Church podcast. I invite you to visit our website, covpresatl.org. That's C-O-V-P-R-E-S-A-T-L.org. There you'll find current worship information, links to our live Sunday morning streaming service, and our full archive of recorded services. You'll also find out more about us and how to get in touch. I wish you well in these strange times. God is with us. Grace and peace to you.